Hello and welcome to this week's Innovation Forum Monday Briefing, a regular guide to what's happening in the world of sustainable business. I'm Ian Welsh. The Innovation Forum Autumn Conference season is upon us. The team will be in Amsterdam this week at our Future of Plastics and Packaging Conference. If you're attending, do come and say hello. And as a preview to some of the issues we'll be talking about, Innovation Forum's Diana Kim has been looking over some of the relevant content we've published over the past few months. She will join me a little later. That's to come. First, though, to talk about some of what else to look out for this week, here's Innovation Forum's B. Stevenson. Welcome to the briefing, B. Hi, Ian. Okay, what's coming up this week? So this week, coming in in England, will be a ban on single-use plastic for businesses. Businesses may no longer supply, sell, or offer certain single-use plastic items. Single-use, of course, meaning the item is meant to be used only once for its original purpose. So the ban includes all single-use plastic cutlery, trays, plates, bowls, and balloon sticks, as well as banning the use of certain types of polystyrene cups and food containers used to supply food which is ready to consume. It will apply to retailers, takeaways, food vendors, and the hospitality industry. It also applies to both online and over-the-counter sales. Businesses who continue to supply single-use plastic items after this legislation has come into effect could receive a pretty hefty fine from trading standards. However, there are, of course, some allowances. It's only applying to these specific items, but plates, bowls, and trays may be supplied from one business to another, or if the items are used as packaging. So for instance, in pre-filled or filled at the point of sale. So this might be a pre-filled salad bowl or ready meal. Yeah, obviously I think there are going to be a few wrinkles as the legislation comes in, but it's certainly significant in terms of the overall mood shift that such a ban brings in. Why is there a need for this ban, B? It's estimated that England uses 2.7 billion items of single-use cutlery each year and 721 million single-use plates. Bearing in mind that we only have a population in England of about 56 million people and only 10% of these items are recycled, which is quite a shocking stat. Yeah, it's worth saying, of course, that not all of those are plastic, but the fact is that there are that number of single-use items of cutlery. So it's obviously important that uh, we move away from having those items being plastic. Exactly. And as we've spoken about before, the main issue on top of the emissions and the dangerous chemicals associated with plastics for the single use items that are made of plastic is ocean pollution. More than 80% of marine litter is made of plastic and this accumulates in seas, oceans, on beaches worldwide. So really a need to reduce this. This has also already happened in the EU. So essentially the same restrictions on single-use plastic plates, cutlery, straws and balloon sticks came into force in the EU in 2021. So there really is a precedent for this. Obviously, we'll be talking more about these issues this week in Amsterdam and where you will be at our Future of Plastics and Packaging conference. Absolutely. Yeah, these issues will, of course, be from the conversations in Amsterdam. What else is happening this week? Also this week will be an international climate and energy summit held in Madrid. This will be hosted by Teresa Rivera, who's the Vice President of the Government of Spain, and Faith Birol, who is the Executive Director of the International Energy Agency. Spain is currently presiding over the Council of the European Union. The summit will focus on the urgency of accelerating the global clean energy transition and keeping the Paris Agreement goal of 1.5 degrees warming alive, which really means ensuring that the world's emissions peak before 2025 and then fall rapidly until they hit net zero by 2050 or earlier, according to the International Energy Agency. So the summit will bring together energy and climate ministers from around the world just weeks before the COP28 climate change conference, with the purpose of building a grand coalition to accelerate momentum towards reaching this Paris Agreement goal. 
The summit's already been preceded by two events, bringing together industry, finance and civil society leaders in order to bring their voices into the summit as well. Yes, it does feel like 1.5 Celsius really is now disappearing, isn't it? Do you think there's an international appetite to regain the initiative in 1.5? This depends on the appetite to reduce fossil fuel usage. And we reported in last week's newscast that at the UN General Assembly meeting that ran alongside Climate Week in New York, ending the use of fossil fuels was and is a real sticking point and a point of tension between nations. So there are lots of different perspectives and a few key issues. For instance, the alliance of small island states whose members are already facing rising seas and land loss and extreme weather events wants a full fossil fuel phase out and an end to the $7 trillion that governments spend annually on the subsidising of fossil fuels. There's also a real debate over the language at the moment, particularly in the potential to phase out what are being called unabated fossil fuels, which would mean only those that are burnt without emissions capturing technology, so carbon capture and storage. And this was something that was supported by the G7 in April, this unabated fossil fuel phase out, but which the larger G20 failed to reach consensus on in July. Then there's a group of 17 countries, including France, Kenya, Chile, Colombia and the Pacific Island nations of Tuvalu and Vanuatu, who are calling for a fossil fuel phase out that limits the use of this carbon capture technology. There are some developing countries who are also resisting a phase out, saying that they need fossil fuels to expand their electricity capacity for economic development in the same way that many nations of the global north have obviously done and built a lot of wealth from in the past. So a lot of differing perspectives there. And this meeting as the last international summit before COP28 in late November and December is obviously so important in trying to take all of these perspectives, find some way to start cutting emissions as fast as possible. Of course, this comes at the same time as the UK government has decided to issue new licenses for drilling for oil in the North Sea. All right, B, thanks very much indeed. Thanks, Ian. We'll be talking plastics and packaging this week at our conference in Amsterdam. My colleague Diana Kim has been looking at some of the relevant content we published over the past few months by way of a preview of the event. Welcome to The Briefing, Diana. Your first time. Lovely to have you with us. Hi, Ian. So what are some of the issues that anyone attending the conference this week might like to be thinking about? It's been an exciting year for the plastics industry so far. The draft of the Global Plastics Treaty, which aims to address the entire life cycle of plastics, including production, design and disposal, has been recently published. It's taken a while to get to this point. Innovation Forum's B. Stevenson spoke with the Environmental Investigation Agency's Chris Dixon last year about what she hoped would be included in the treaty. It's certainly a fascinating listen to see how much they got right. The UN High Seas Treaty was also adopted earlier this year to protect ocean and tackle climate change-induced environmental degradation and biodiversity loss. B spoke with Andreas Hansen from The Nature Conservancy to discuss what the treaty is about and, most importantly, what it means for business. Yeah, both of these are really important. The Global Passage Treaty draft, interesting to see now how it's going to be amended and how it can really encapsulate all the big issues that are around plastics. Of course, that we'll be talking about those in Amsterdam this week. So what else has been going on? There have been many initiatives recently by major retailers to trial reuse and refill schemes in efforts to reduce plastic packaging for business and consumers. In a written piece, B evaluated the effectiveness of these schemes and the potential of the approach in the future. More specifically, she looked at how retailers could encourage customers to more utilise and ultimately benefit from these initiatives. Yeah, interesting how number of these initiatives have taken place and then not been continued. It's a long way to go, I think, in terms of how those sort of refill and reuse schemes are going to work in the long term, but certainly potential. We also did a webinar, didn't we, on chemical recycling as part of our big debate series. And it's something we'll be talking about this week. So what's the latest on plastic recycling technologies? 
yes, chemical recycling and its potential for developing more circular models for plastics is definitely a hot topic. The webinar participants included UK Research and Innovation, the Environmental Investigation Agency, Eastman and the Cradle to Cradle Products Innovation Institute. And this hour long session covered the feasibility, benefits and ultimately the future of chemical recycling. Even if some of the listeners weren't able to join live, it's definitely worth checking out the recordings. There's so much interesting stuff going on. I'm looking forward to discussing more in Amsterdam this week. How can our listeners get access to the content you've been talking about? The post I've mentioned earlier is on the Innovation Forum website, which links to all the content we've discussed. For those joining us on Tuesday and Wednesday at the Future of Plastics and Packaging, it's useful content to listen, watch and read on your way to Amsterdam. The link on the blog is in the description of the podcast. Many thanks, Diana. Bye. That's it for now. The Monday Briefing will be back next week. And look out, as ever, for the weekly podcast on Thursday, where I'll be reporting from the Future of Plastics and Packaging Conference in Amsterdam. Until then, goodbye.